In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, this show has uh, has listeners from all over the world, so good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kinds of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m., a specific time. And if you miss us, don't worry. We're on every major podcast platform from Spotify to Apple all over the web. I invite you to contact me and send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. So now the guest we have today, we've talked to in the past. Actually, he's been on the show several times because he is really an expert in the area of sales and organizational success. Last time we spoke to him, we dissected the key elements of great salespeople and how they contribute to a seamless customer journey. And if you'd like to go back to that episode, which was on May 31st, you can listen to that. Today, we've invited back George Lee to talk about another topic that we just began scratching the surface with in the last show. And that's how we give great salespeople and sales leaders what they need to succeed. Now, first, let me reintroduce George. George Lee is the Chief Customer Officer of Vendasta. Vendasta is core purposes to drive local economies by um, providing technology for small and medium-sized businesses. They accomplish this by, uh, by providing a robust platform to local experts, and their end-to-end platform and marketplace are tightly integrated into operating systems delivers to SMBs. George is on a mission to help companies around the world become digital sales experts, and is the chief customer officer of Vendesta and the host of Conquer Local podcast for marketing and sales professions. George has a proven track record of success in the media promotion and marketing that spans three decades, and his knowledge and insight is welcomed all over the world. So, George, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kimberly. Uh, really looking forward to another uh, exciting episode. Great. So, um, George, you know, we, we talked about sales on May 31st, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to, you know, get into that a little bit more. But before we even start about talk about sales, um, your company, Vendasta, they just um, got named Best uh, Workplace in Technology by Great Place to Work for 2022. So um, what does this mean to you when it comes to, like, recruiting salespeople and, and getting, you know, sales managers on board? Well, listen, Kimberly, everybody knows that sales is hard and uh, it's probably never been harder than it is today with the, you know, the challenges we have in reaching out to prospects and um, all the, the spam that's out there. And, you know, I think that prospects are just a little bit jaded when it comes to that outreach. So finding uh, great talent and putting them into an environment where they can flourish and they can be supported is so important. And we're, you know, we're really, you know, in awe of this, this award. It says a lot about uh, the culture that has been created. And, and that culture is created by every Vendastian that's part of the organization. Um, so, you know, we're, we're just honored to have won that award. And it, it says a lot about the people that, that walk through our doors every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, congratulations again on that. And um, you, you talked about, you just said something about sales and sales being hard. Um, I mean, sales and sales leadership can be a really rewarding career. Um, but, you know, sometimes it gets a bad rep. 
um, you know, what can we do to kind of make people see the the positive aspect of sales? Because it can be fun and very rewarding. Yeah, the the bad rep is uh, is our fault as as salespeople. I've been doing it for a long time, and I look back at at some of the you know the tricks and some of the plays that we ran back in the good old days of the you know the eighties and nineties, and yeah, that's where that came from. I, I you know in the world that we live in today where you know it's very easy to do research it's very easy to check the data points that a that a salesperson is delivering to a customer you know we we've got to look at a at, you know remanufacturing what sales is all about and it, it more is helping and it more is educating that customer and i like to refer to it as you know if you're a good salesperson you're a tour guide you know you take your customer on a journey and you make sure that they that bad things don't happen to them on that journey. You kind of steer them so they can get the best experience that that matches to to what they're looking for. So you know, sales has always been hard for the entire over thirty five years that I've been doing it, and I don't think that's ever going to change. And it it definitely is a mental game, but there are some tools that we can utilize to help make it a little bit, uh, maybe not easier, but a little bit more streamlined and a little bit more efficient so that sales professionals can do the things that we really want them to do, which is, you know, uh, shoot for 60% of our time talking to customers. Where, yeah, that would mm-hmm. be just a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The old days, I mean, with all, all the little tricks and things, and it is a lot more transparent today. And, um, and what do you, you know, by this transparency, do you think we can attract more in younger people? I mean, we have the Generation Z out there who who like to job hop. Um, do you think this is working and it is attracting more people into sales? Well, we we definitely have saw that to be the case. You know, uh, you know, we built. Uh, a very large tech company in the middle of the prairies where there really weren't a lot of tech companies when we got this thing rolling. And and so a lot of our salespeople have been built, meaning we hire them out of university or we hire them out of, uh, you know, hospitality space or we hire them out of selling maybe cell phones. Uh, they're, you know, they're a little bit tech savvy and we bring them in and, and we start to teach them about what sales is here in the, in the 2020s. And it's really about being that trusted expert and it's about bringing insights and it's about being solution-based. Um, so, you know, I, I think what I find when we bring those young sales professionals into the organization, they go, this, this isn't what I thought sales would be about. It, it's not about manipulating and tricking. It's about, you know, a real truthful relationship that's being built with the customer and then, re, you know, retaining and expanding that relationship with the customer moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that that's great. And, you know, when, when you're bringing them out of the uni and you're bringing them in, you have sales leaders, okay? Um, so, you know, these are new sales leaders primarily. And um, how do you help them understand what to focus on? Well, you know, we we spend a lot of time in educating the sales team. I would say that a new seller would spend probably almost six weeks if they went, uh, you know, if they passed all of their exams on their weekly trainings, in about six weeks, they would start talking to real customers and starting to carry a piece of a quota. They can get there quicker. But uh, we put together a, a university program where they can come in and learn about our company and learn about the industry and then start to learn our methodology of serving our customers. And, and Kimberly, you know this. We, you know, we built the business on being customer obsessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'd be hard pressed to find too many of them that don't think that we've done a great job over the years. So we're very proud of that. And we want the new sellers we're bringing into the organization to understand that legacy and, and the culture that has been fostered. And, and to get on, get on the bus and, and start helping our customers. So, so that's great. So all the salespeople go through this; they get trained. Now, um, when you have a sales leader and you ask the sales sales leader, you know, if they could focus on one thing to kind of boost results and boost revenue, what what would they what should they focus on? Well, talking to their customers, you know. Mm-hmm. Speak, speaking to prospects, asking questions, seeking to understand what their problems are, where the opportunities are. That, that's number one. I, you know, I like to say that the perfect sales day is 60, 30, 10. 60% of our time talking to customers, 30% of our time learning about how to be better at our craft and, and about the industry that we're in, and then 10% of our time doing admin. But I think that a lot of organizations might even have that flipped from what I've been seeing recently, where the administration side of it is this huge bloat for the sales rep, and they're not even getting close to spending 60% of their time talking to customers. So, you know, one of the things that we've been seeing here in in the last little while is um, organizations that are adopting automations. 
automation where we can take some of that toil out of the hands of the seller. So if they can get in front of customers and get closer to that 60, 30, 10 rubric, uh, those are the organizations that are succeeding. Mm-hmm. And why you said you've seen a lot of organizations that kind of have flipped this lately. And um, we're going to come and, and dig, dig a little bit deeper into the automation. But why do you think it? Do you think it's that they've just got their signals crossed up and they're, you know, um, they don't understand that the salespeople should be spending time talking to their customers or they don't know about the technology? Why do you think this is? Well, I, you know, I think that uh, salespeople, um, while they they want that time with the customers, if they're if they're focused on their client, they're spending a lot of time making sure the things that they've sold have are, is going to come true, because they want that happy customer. Because a satisfied customer then can become a repeat and an expanded customer. So I think uh, in some organizations, it's for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. The, you know, if the reason is I want to super serve my customer, the other thing is you don't know what you don't know. And I, I think that, you know, all of us look at our credit card every month and we go, what the hell is that thing that I signed up for? Um, there's a lot of software that's being signed up for, but it doesn't talk to each other and it doesn't work together. So now you've got sales reps logging into three and four and five different platforms to, to get their work done. So mm-hmm. again, that's another burden on the rep. They've got to learn all that technology. And then if it doesn't talk together and it's kind of janky, that's going to lead to more of that toil where you get out of the the perfect sales day, as I call it, which is 60% talking to customers, 30% getting better at, at your craft, and then 10% doing that admin. Yeah. And and I'm sure that gets very, very frustrating for the salespeople too, because they, they don't want to do that admin. Um, but George, we're going to take a, a short break and I want to come, when we come back, I want to, I want to talk about this automation. Okay. Um, you know, what's out there, you know, how can we help sales organizations with automation and how we can make sure this automation talks together and what kind of advancements have been made in the sales organizations. So for our listeners, today we are talking with George Leith, and George is the Chief Customer Officer of Vendasta. Vendasta's purpose is to drive local economies through their technology for small and medium-sized businesses. Um, Vendasta Partners use technology to market, sell, build, and fulfill and deliver digital solutions to their SMB clients, and Vendasta serves over 60,000 Uh, channel partners who in turn work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. George is on a mission to help companies around the world and digital experts. He is the chief operating customer office of Vendesta and the host of Conquer Local Podcast for marketing and sales professionals. George has a proven track record of success in media promotion and marketing. Now, if you'd like to reach out to uh, George, you can reach out to him on www.vendesta.com and uh, Vendesta is also on all social media under Vendesta and George Leith is also on on uh, LinkedIn and you can reach out to him then. Um, this show is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, and market research and legislative white papers focused on digital. If you'd like to learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And each month, they have a learning series on Thursdays at 17 CET. So please reach out to Cinda. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
commodities and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is brought to you by Cinda Virtual. And Cinda is one of Europe's largest growing nonprofit digital associations. And you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. And today we're speaking with a Cinda partner and a repeat guest. We're talking with George Leith, the Chief Customer Officer at Vendesta. And Vendesta is a Canadian company whose purpose is to drive economies through technology for small and medium-sized businesses. Vendesta's technology has go-to-market, sell, build, fulfill, and deliver digital solutions to their SMB clients. Vendesta serves over 60,000 channel partners who in turn work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And George is on a mission to help companies around the world become digital sales experts. And that's what we're talking about today, sales. So, George, before the break, we talked about, you know, helping salespeople. And you talked about some organizations that kind of are flipped upside down because they're focusing more on the admin than they are talking to the customers. So how can we help them? What what can sales leaders automate today? Well, some of the, you know, some of the first items that we've been automating recently is the, is the gathering of insights. Um, that ability to go out and do some research with, uh, you know, with automated tools. Um, also, anything we can do to automate some of that admin um, reporting, you know, when I'm over my outreach to a customer or send an email, all that stuff's just logged against uh, an account in a CRM where it makes it easy for the entire organization to have uh, oversight of what's going on with that customer. You know, McKinsey put out a recent study and found that early adopters of sales automations are consistently reporting increases in customer facing time. They have higher customer satisfaction and their efficiency improvements are over 15%. So they're seeing their revenue go up by 10%. So what, they're getting that efficiency from the, you know, the reps not having to click and fill out paperwork or, you know, even, uh, you know, digital paperwork and spending more time with the customer. And, and there is a dramatic revenue increase that, that's possible from that. Wow. Uh, I mean, that is 15% more efficiency is dramatic. So, I mean, with with this automation, I mean, what advancements are are standing out to you, okay, in the, in the sales um, process and the sales value? What, what do you think, when you look at sales organizations, are the most important advancements that have been made in automation? Well, getting, um, getting sales organizations to follow uh, regular cadence of outreach, um, and we can do all, all of that through an automation. That, you know, that's one component. Um, the ability to um, track what's going on with your prospects or inside the organizations you're dealing with by you know, utilizing a sales navigator or a Zoom info for data. Um, uh, we're also seeing pipeline management that, that can be automated to a certain extent. Uh, we're able to very clearly articulate 
how that deal is moving through the stages and to help coach uh, reps on on how to move a deal to the next stage. So, uh, you know, I think that what we're seeing is definitely efficiencies for the frontline sales teams, but I also, from a leadership standpoint, find it to be uh, way easier if you're utilizing some of this technology that's out there to to improve our coaching efforts and to track those coaching efforts. Um, you know, back in the, in the good old days when you and I started in this industry, the way that we would coach a sales rep is by getting in the car and, and going on calls with them. But now uh, through technology, we can we can go through and we can uh, see a transcript of a call. We can run keyword analysis. We can find uh, buyer's intent and then we can pull out components. We call it film review and, and walk through in, in a one on one some coaching around the actual call that the rep was on earlier in the week or in the month and then take the best calls and show them to others on our sales teams as, as an example of what good looks like. So it's, a, it's an amazing time to be in, in the uh, industry of, of serving customers. Mm-hmm. And and sales rep, as far as coaching, um, you know, coaching always has kind of a positive and a negative aspect. You know, um, how do you work with that sales rep and really approach them to, to let them know that this coaching is is a positive to help their performance and, and um you know, get them to be excited about it. Well, you know, the, the easiest way to do that is is not make it ad hoc, not forget that you said you were going to do the coaching. Like I find a lot of organizations don't have a regular coaching cadence. Um, they, they aren't even even doing a weekly one-on-one with a sales rep to go through through their pipelines and, and their proposals and, and to ask them about what's going on with the customers. So the, the first thing is whatever the hell we're going to put into an organization, we've got to have consistency and stick with it. It, mm-hmm. it has to become ingrained in the culture. And then what, what I find is it, you don't just sit there and beat the, beat the poor rep up for <laughs> you know an hour an hour doing a doing a game tape or a, or a film review. It has to be um, it has to come with some insights as to you know here here's the challenges you're facing on that call. Maybe mm-hmm. here's another call that you did right. You know you, you got to do some research and it's so you know to that point it's a lot of work for the mm-hmm. coach or for the leaders. I think that uh, automations are great for organizations, but it's also really helping us to take a good hard look at our sales leadership and say that they really have the rigor and discipline to follow uh, a regular cadence of coaching with the rep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense, and you're right. It comes down to leadership, and and you know there are ways. You know, people see their own. Um, challenges and their own opportunities when they re-listen to a phone call or they re-listen to something, you know, it's just the sports performance, you know, re-watching it, you say, aha, I could have done that better. So I think that you're right on the leadership aspect. And I want to come back to the one of the other things you said, and um, you said about data, because there's, a, you know, one of the par- parts of automation is there's a tremendous amount of data out there okay, um, that can help sales. And and how do you filter through that and teach the sales rep to on um, what data is most useful? Well, and uh, I, I find that that comment of data is like I'm doing research. It's basically I'm not doing sales. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the, you know the rep's going to go out and do a bunch of research today and and not talk to any customers. So we've got to be careful that we don't inundate them with data because I've I've watched sales reps just get completely bogged down in a spreadsheet, and that's <laughs> yeah. not their job. Their job is to be talking to the customer. You know, and you, you've heard me say this before. I don't need a lot of data to know my wife's mad at me. Um, <laughs> you know, usually just that one word, fine. And you, you know, you know, there's a problem there. So I think it's important to not put too much onto the sales rep as to the data points. Like what are the most important metrics that we are going to be measuring for a period of time? And then come back to those again on that regular cadence, have the rigor and the discipline to come back in the coaching sessions. And then don't be afraid to change the the data points because you may not need to look at a certain data point after you've solved the challenge. Move on and, and do something else. But for God's sakes, don't give too much of it to the sales reps. They're, they're sales professionals, not accountants for a reason. Mm-hmm. And and that what you, something you said just kind of springed an idea in my head. You know, years ago, you'd have you'd have all this data. You have marketing, and you'd have marketing in a silo, okay? And then you'd have sales in a silo, and and there there was you know one they would never talk to each other, and you'd get material and sales that you say I can't use this, okay? Have you seen because of automation? Have you seen and and you know the ways for communication? Have you seen these silos coming together and the gaps getting smaller between perhaps a marketing area and a sales area? 
Well, I, I think there's another area. So sales and marketing always have their, uh, always have their battles, but I, we're finding really good organizations put, put those functions under the same leader. And then, you know, then it's their fault if it's not mm-hmm. working, like right. they don't, don't have them siloed. But then the, the other piece to this is it, you know, manufacturing. Um, some people call it fulfillment. It's where we build or bring together the things that we're giving to the customer. And usually what happens when I go into an organization is fulfillment or manufacturing hates sales. They're like, yeah, sales doesn't fill out the order form properly. They didn't give me the information that I need to deliver this product or service. And then the fulfillment guys uh, and and uh, teams say, well, yeah, salespeople are all lazy. And all they do is uh, eat steak dinners <laughs> on the expense account and fly around the world. So there's always that, that push-pull between sales and fulfillment or manufacturing. But here's a simple fact. Without both of them, you don't have an organization. So what we're finding is one of the biggest wins in the automation that we've been deploying for our partners globally is in getting all that communication in one system between fulfillment and sales. So if somebody sells something, they can just go to a project tracker and see at what stage the manufacturing process is at. And internally, we call it the, you know, the Domino's pizza tracker uh, or the, uh, you know, the Uber experience. I, I know where the Uber is. Mm-hmm. I can see it on my phone where it's on its journey. Oh, it's five minutes away. Same thing with delivering a website or putting together an ad campaign. We can build a project plan and show the salesperson and even the customer what the magic moments are is that uh, that product or service mm-hmm. is being manufactured and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's amazing because, I mean, we're used to it kind of in, in Uber or in Amazon. Your package is on the way. Um, but within so your your technology has built that in so when somebody sells with sells with your partner they can actually see where the fulfillment process is well you know i i remember a few years back i went to one of our global partners name we won't use the name on your show but um when when i got there sales and fulfillment hated each other like it was pure <laughs> hatred you could even sense it in the boardroom and uh, after a couple years of, of process improvements and then utilizing technology to be able to have that visibility of what's happening as that project comes across the line, now I, I would be hard-pressed to find a salesperson that has a bad thing to say about the manufacturing or the fulfillment department. It, it's just it's night and day the difference. And guess what it's leading to? More satisfied customers that are retained longer um, for the organization. So there's a big win, CEOs that are listening to this show, there's a big win for aligning those organizations. Um, and I think a lot of us over the years are just like, well, that's the way it's always been. Those teams are always <laughs> going to hate each other. I'll just make sure that nobody, you know, they don't get into a fist fight. Um, but it, listen, it's 2022 and we can put some automations against this. We're not going to, it's not silver bullet. It's not going to cure everything, but we're seeing drastic improvements in uh, the relationship between manufacturing or fulfillment and sales. And uh, that's just going to lead to happier customers. And at the end of the day, happier team members as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good example. And what about what about billing and invoicing? I mean, you know, how, how does that fit in the loop too? Um, you know, I've, I remember years ago, you know, a customer would call up and say, hey, look, I got billed this and I don't have this. You know, where do you fit that? Is that also in this automation loop? Well, one hundred percent. And uh, you know, I was I was working with a partner last week, and and the last team we were three day you know implementation session on the last day we brought in the finance team and the teams that, that are delivering that and the the archaic way that they're billing their customers um, where where it's even impossible to forecast what the revenue might be in the month uh, and then you know flip the flip the script and and show how easy it can be. And, and even have a sales rep that they can just access all the bills in, inside an app. And, uh, you know, because that's where the questions come. You're out in front of the customer. You're on a, on a Google Meet or, or a Teams or a Skype call. And the client's going, what's going on with my account? Usually we got to call finance and get that information. Right. But there's a better way. You can have all of that, the order information and the invoicing information all stored in a, in a client-facing app. And then you just pull it up and share the screen with the customer and, and show them what's been going on. So I, I find a lot of organizations that, that are looking at what they can do to find efficiencies. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're seeing that it's the entire customer journey. It's, just, it's not just marketing. It's not mm-hmm. just sales. It's not just fulfillment or manufacturing. It's not just in the way we deliver things to the customer. It's also the finance department and the ordering department. They're, they're getting involved in this dance as well. And, uh, you know, just we're, we're able to do this work 
in order to help all functions of the organization have, have a better life is like what I like to call it. Whenever I see one of those archaic old systems where the sales rep fills out an order, then the fulfillment person fills it out again, and then the finance team enters it a third friggin' time, I'm like, oh, why do you guys even work here? that's just a horrible job for anybody so for god's sakes i I know we we talk about efficiencies at the c-suite because we you know we're trying to hit the number and and an ebitda number but what about just having our people like their jobs a little bit better Mm, yeah and and that that's what i want to come to we're going to take a short break and when we come back i want to i want to kind of talk about you know getting the human aspect of this and getting people to like their job and a little bit about the post-sale and and customer service because that's one of you know that's one of my favorite topics no matter when i'm buying something or if i'm on amazon or wherever okay um so we can talk about that when we get back so we're going to take a short break and for our listeners our guest today is george leith and he is a cus- chief customer officer of vendasta and vendasta is a Canadian company that has technology for small and medium-sized businesses. They use partners across the world to market, sell, build, and fulfill and deliver digital solutions to SMB clients. They serve 60,000 channel partners who in turn work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And George is on a mission to help companies around the world uh, become digital experts, as you can hear him. And he is the chief customer officer of Vendusta. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Vendusta, you can find them on their website, www.vendusta.com. And Vendusta is also on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and Facebook under Vendusta. And George, George is all over the net. He is on LinkedIn under George Leith. He's on Twitter on on GEO Leith. And he is also on Facebook. So you can look up George. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold trainings. And they do conferences and market research and legislative white papers. And they're having a conference in October, October 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy. And if you'd like to join them, you can also meet George and the team at Vendesta, who will be hosting a wonderful evening at the Michelangelo Platz. So please go to www.cinda.org and look at joining George and his team in Florence with the Cinda team. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and today our guest is George Leith. He is the Chief Customer Officer of Vendasta, and Vendasta is a Canadian company which provides technology for small and medium-sized businesses. Um, Vendasta has partners, actually 60,000 channel partners across the world, who in turn work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And so we've been talking about, George is a sales expert, and we've been talking about sales. So, George, we've talked about all this automation and and tying in the fulfillment um, with the invoicing and billing to, to make, you know, to improve efficiencies and get the salesperson to have more time talking with the customer. But I want to talk about kind of post-sale customer service. Okay. Um, where do you see that and how does that work in this whole customer journey for you? Well, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I know what you're referring to Kimberly, but it's, it, I, I don't think the sale ever ends. It, mm. The sale is the customer journey and the relationship. Um, after we've sold something to the customer once and spent all that money to try and acquire that customer, unless we're still doing a binary, you know, you just sell them one thing, um, there's always an opportunity to expand the relationship. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, uh, you know, you've probably heard in some of my material I'm talking about, it's not a close, it's a start because close means the end. Um, mm-hmm. Usually when we acquire a new customer, it's the beginning of a relationship. And mm-hmm. rather than just throwing the deal over the wall and hoping that it all works out in customer service, I'm finding that really uh, aligned organizations are having that seller and the, you know, a, a customer service rep actually working together on an action plan for the customer, um, something that is mutually agreed to. So, it, you know, it might even be in the order or in the contract or the terms of service that says, you know, here are the things that we agreed to. Here are the things that we're going to be delivering and then revisit that um, on, an, on, on a regular basis to make sure that what the customer bought is meeting their needs. And usually during that revisit or the customer service or success is where we identify new opportunities and uh, the opportunity to expand that customer. So I, I think the first thing is, is it's, you know, it's not just something that sits there to make sure the customer is happy. It's actually a, a function of the organization that, that works with that client to identify new opportunity and to make sure the things that they bought are working properly. Absolutely. But more and more I'm finding that customer success function is also, you know, quota carrying and they're finding new, new opportunities to expand the relationship with the client and ultimately drive uh, revenue for the organization. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you hundred percent. I think, I think, you know, you're right. There should never be a close. It should be a start. Um, but it seems that, you know, many organizations, you know, you, kind of close it and then they if there's an issue you know they they have a customer service organization and when you talk about automation one of the trends that i'm seeing as as a consumer is you know the the ai coming into customer service which can be extremely frustrating sometimes i mean you're talking to a bot and um they don't understand do you think that we're we're diving too quickly into automation on things like customer service when we should be talking to the customer more? I think it really depends, Kimberly, upon the value of the customer. So the the revenue that that customer brings determines the service level that you can provide. So if it's a large customer, an enterprise customer, you might have multiple people in your organization that are working on on that uh, relationship. But if it's a small customer, um, and, uh, you know, they're not bringing a lot of revenue to the organization. The only way you can afford to deal with them is with, uh, with automations. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're having a lot of success right now with, with some of our small customers with, um, you know, the ability for them to come to a webinar and ask questions, or they can go to online training components in a learning management system, or uh, they can go to a community to get support from, from their peers, from other people that are actively buying the solution. So there's a number of ways we can do it, so that you're, you're not being talked to by a bot that doesn't know anything. Like, I, I get it. It's like getting a form letter saying, How, mm-hmm. how's that thing going that you bought from us? Like, but that wasn't a good experience uh, when you and I were sending form letters. Yeah. So why would it be a good experience with, with a bot and so-called AI? Now, that said, I think that when it comes to adoption, 
um, especially in the software business where, where we're, li- we're living, where we see somebody, you know, bought a part of the platform and hasn't logged in for seven days. Yeah, they're going to get an automated message um, mm-hmm. because, you know, we have 65,000 channel partners uh, all over the world. So the, the only way that we can service at that level um, our, our smaller customers is by having some of those one-to-many motions or the webinar or by utilizing, you know, an email cadence or, or a text cadence to remind them of the good things that we talked about when we brought them across the line and started that customer. So, you know, we got to be careful so that we have a, we, we still uh, optimize for a great relationship, but we do also have to set that expectation when we bring them on. If you're only paying us $99 a month, you're get, you're only going to get webinar service. But a lot of times that's good enough for that type mm-hmm. of customer. In fact, it's probably better than most offers. So, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive that, you know, we don't want a, a bad uh, bot experience from someone that doesn't, that, 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 you know, the bot doesn't know anything. We definitely don't want that. But there are automations that we could can put in place. And based upon the, the service level and the, the commercial value of the customer, we can bucket those customers and, and give, them a, give them a good experience for the dollars that they're spending. Yeah, and, and I think I, I think George, that makes sense. And I think you know, bot experiences. You know, AI is only as good as we teach it. You know, and um, my experience is either it's a really good experience or it's a really bad experience. You know, and so um, as we develop, you know, in the technology and AI gets better, then I'm sure these systems are going to get better. And um, so, George, I want to I want to go a little bit. I want to stay with sales, but I want to talk about something that's just happened in your in your company and ask how you dealt with this. So, you just Vendesta just acquired a company, um, a U.S. company called Matchcraft, and you have you know you've just won you know be named the um, best play workplace in technology 2022. So, obviously, when you acquire a company. Company, you know, you're going to have two different cultures on sales, um, two different co- company cultures. How did you bring those together, and what were the key factors in making that work? Well, and uh, you know, it's a great question, Kimber. Actually, we acquired two companies last year. One being Calendar Hero, who did not have a sales organization. Everything they were doing was uh, product led and online. So that that integration was um, maybe easier might be the right word from a, from a go-to-market standpoint because we plugged it into our marketplace and watched, uh, watched the licenses double. Uh, so that was great. Now, Matchcraft, a little more mature organization. We've known uh, Sandy and Mark and Brad and, and Alex and, and the team there for a number of years. They were one of our first uh, marketplace vendor partners that, that came on board years back. So, you know, that, uh, th- that organization is, is operating just as it always has. Uh, we're running it as a subsidiary, and uh, it's it's working out great. Like you know, don't break something that's working mm-hmm. working very very well. And what we're doing is we're we're doing referrals between their their sales organization and our sales organization, and introducing that customer base to to our solutions and vice versa. So that mm-hmm. that's been working great. Now some functions are are starting to come together, like um, you know the marketing teams are working together, the people operations teams are working together, finance is working together. So there are some organizations that that are working together, but um, you know the pieces there that that we're that we're working at Matchcraft, we're just we're letting those roll, and it, and it's working out great. So I think it depends it depends upon the organization that you bring on board. It depends upon the culture that you are adopting and how closely it lines up. And and I know that when we have our scorecard on acquisitions culture is is as important as the it stack or or the revenue and the ebitda so Mm -hmm. we're taking a good hard look at that when we're we're adjudicating um acquisition targets so there's a bunch more in in the pipeline we still have uh we still have lots of funds left to to put to work from our last raise and uh you know we're we're looking at each one of those to see um you know is it a product-led motion well that you know we, we did that with calendar hero it worked out great um we can bring other organizations in that way and and gain the r d talent um, if it if it has a sales team, how does that line up with our existing sales team, and and what's the best customer experience? Those are all questions that that we've asked during these these first two acquisitions, and we'll continue to ask and refine that process moving forward in in the future uh, acquisitions that we make. Mm-hmm. And and just to to uh, dig a little bit deeper in that, so in in a product led acquisition such as Calendar Hero, um, you then. You then implement you implemented a sales team in there, um, also, or how did you you know or you just implement no, it into your we, uh, marketplace? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so we, we integrate the technology into our marketplace the same as we would integrate any third-party vendor. Um, and then the existing Vendasta sales organization um, can take it to market. And, and part of taking that to market is introducing it to our, our channel partners, that this is a solution you might want to look at. It does scheduling or, or what it might do, whatever the solution might be. So that, that into introduction is happening on a daily basis now with our team of over 250 customer facing professionals they're always uh, you know suggesting new solutions whether it be something that we own and operate or something that we we partner with as a third party or a company that we may acquire so that's how we brought the calendar hero solution and matchcraft's a little bit different because the matchcraft solution is used by ad- administrators that are that are running ad campaigns in that uh, what I like to call the fulfillment or manufacturing part of organizations. So it, it you know, it really isn't a, a customer, you know, the customer, the, the small and medium enterprise or local business, they get the outcome of that campaign running properly, but it's somebody that, that is administering the campaign that's logged into Matchcraft. So a little bit different than the Calendar Hero solution, which is is utilized by a business um, to to do their scheduling across across their teams, so it really it really depends upon the solution or the service that we're bringing into the marketplace. Or in in your questioning was around acquisitions, um, whether we're acquiring a product product or a service that came from a product led motion, or it had its own uh, sales sales led teams. Mm-hmm. And um, and just you know to piggyback off that on on Matchcraft, so they, you said they're running that as a subsidiary. How do you then? Just align the sales philosophy. So they're they're still going along their path, selling their solution. Then you have your Vendessa sales team. Um, are there discussions on on aligning just the approach to sales in both organizations? Yeah, that, there are constant uh, touch points at, at our quarterly offsites with the leadership teams of all the organizations, so that we can have that alignment. And, and there is uh, business rules around how, you know, referrals are going to be handled between the two organizations. And, um, you know, Vendasta is a very large user of Matchcraft through our marketing services team. So we have a lot of ad campaigns that are running on Matchcraft so that, you know, we're very familiar with the technology as we, we were a customer before we did the acquisition. Um, so, yeah, the, from customer service and marketing and sales and product, there are a lot of regular alignment meetings to make sure that that Matchcraft is uh, is on the same uh, path as as the Vendasta teams, and you know we've learned a lot there as well. It's not about no, you got to. You know, we're not the Borg, and you have to conform to the way that we do things. We we've learned a lot of stuff from from uh, Mark and and Alex and and uh, Sandy in the way that they operate their organization, and we've adopted some of those items. Same with Calendar Hero, we adopted some of the items that Roy and Roy and Jill brought to the organization. So. We're uh, we're constantly learning on ways to to improve the the processes and the way that we serve our customers. Okay, great. So, George, this has been great. It's always great having you on the show and talking to you. And we're getting towards the end. And um, where do you see the future? I mean, we touched on some of the automation that's here, but you know, we still haven't. You know, we still have a a ways to go. Um, if you had a kind of a crystal ball, and you probably have some things you're develop- developing now. Uh, where do you think, if we're talking one year from now, where do you think we'll be? Well, I, I'm, I'm excited to say that all the communications will be in, in one platform for our, our biggest channel partners. That's the, the technology we've been delivering over the last three quarters and will continue to deliver. And the adoption is through the roof. So we're seeing more, more efficient organizations. I think that the uh, the business app, which uh, you know, I call a juggernaut of our platform, like it, it just is the it's an unconsidered need. But when an organization starts utilizing it, they see the power, and and that is just to have one place where your customer can see everything that they bought from you and the results of that, the reporting, the orders, the invoices, the files, like everything lives in one uh, login that the customer can access. Now, also, that means the salesperson can access that container of everything that's going on with that client and, and start to take them through, whether it's reporting or into a product to, to perform a task. Um, you know, that piece is going, is going to be really big in the next year. And what we're seeing is organizations are starting to remove repetitive motions and, mm-hmm. and their people are happier. Customer satisfaction goes up. Um, the clients are happier and uh, that most importantly, the teams, the staff, the most precious resource of our organizations are happier. So um, I, I see that we're going to continue to find efficiencies and automations. And uh, then 
you know, if you look five years down the road, I was on a, on a podcast last week talking about what 10 years down the road might look like. We're seeing more and more businesses that want to serve themselves. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it is a prerequisite of the organizations that they're dealing with. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been beating the drum for 10 years that you need to be the trusted expert. But I think you need to be the trusted expert with some technology. And, and I think that's also buying decisions are being made based on innovative solutions. So if you're showing up and you don't have an innovative cutting edge solution, I think you'll be missing out on the deal down the road. So and, and that's even at the local business level. So uh, I, I think that if we look a year out, more and more automations, more and more efficiencies being found inside organizations and sales professionals spending more time talking to their customers. That would be an ideal outcome. Three to five years down the road, you're going to see organizations that have all of their communication with their clients living in one system. So it's completely transparent. There will be more of a rise of, of AI and, and machine learning. Um, and, and that's helping us to mine through those million data points so we can find the stuff that we're looking for that matters at the moment. And then 10 years down the road, we're going to see more and more adoption of businesses buying themselves, serving themselves, educating. We're already at educating themselves. They are doing education right now on their own. So now they're going to want to move and, and start putting some of these components together. So that, that's what we see in the 10-year in the vision that we have. And, you know, 10-year visions. Uh, always go a little sideways, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the path that we see. Okay. Well, thanks, George. It's always great to get your insights. Um, and uh, you'll be you'll be doing presentations for Cinda um, in Florence. So looking forward to that. And I think you have a, a upcoming webinar with Cinda uh, next week or the week after. So for our guests today, we've been talking to George Leaf, Chief Customer Officer of Vendesta. And Vendesta is a Canadian technology company, for, has technology for small and medium businesses. And they have a robust platform which does selling, billing, fulfilling, um, and delivering digital solutions to SMB clients. They have over 60,000 channel partners across the world who serve over 5 million SMBs worldwide. So look up Vendusta under www.vendusta.com. And they are also all over social media on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter under Vendusta. And George, if you'd like to look up George, you can look up George on LinkedIn under George Leith. And George is on Twitter under Geo Leith. And he is also on Facebook under Digital Leith. So please look up George. And this show has also been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold conferences, trainings, market research, do legislative white papers. And their next conference is being held in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th. And if you can go to www.cinda.org to learn more about that. And at that conference, you can listen to George and meet Vendusta team. And the Vendusta team is hosting a wonderful evening at Michelangelo Plots um, overlooking Florence. So please go to www.cinda.org and join uh, Cinda in Florence. And with that, thank you so much for listening. And George, thank you again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Kimberly. appreciate the invite and I'm looking forward to Florence. Okay, take care. And for listeners, take care and tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.